Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And uh, today I'm super happy to finally be talking to this guy. We've had to reschedule our interview several times down the line. He is a positive thinking goal setter. He's a guy that loves public speaking and making people laugh. And that really shows through in his work because he is the host of a top 50 ranked podcast in three countries now, the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. It is my huge pleasure to welcome today Mr. Tracy Brinkman to the show. Tracy, welcome. Hey, Samuel. Thanks so much for having me aboard, man. Dude, it's so great that you're here. I know we've been trying to line this up. You are one of the uh, one of the guys that uh, I love to listen to. I, I caught you at first with a friend of mine, uh, Irvin Reitz, on his Breakthrough mm. Society podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've kind of just had you uh, on my radar for a little bit. So uh, why don't you just get started with, man, you've got the Dark Horse Entrepreneur podcast. Tell yeah. me your story, Tracy. What's it all about? Oh, man. Well, I'll try to synopsize it down for you. And we can dig around wherever you'd like to. But. Uh, I was lucky enough to be an army brat. Uh, my father was a 23-year lifer in the United States uh, Army. And so, and I say lucky enough because we moved every two, two and a half years all over the United States mm-hmm. and even overseas into Germany. And what I really appreciated about that was the fact it enabled me to see so many different types of people, right? Creed, color, religion, backgrounds, likes, dislikes. And uh, it also enabled me to come out of my shell, actually made me come out of my shell because whenever you move to a new base, right, you have to make new friends. So oh, yeah, you, yeah. You, can't, uh, you can't be some limp biscuit and do that. Uh, band, <laughs> band name, anyway. Uh, so when my dad finally retired um, in uh, the late 70s, early 80s, we settled in Southern California. So I went from structure mm-hmm. to probably the most liberal place on the planet, let alone the United States, uh, right as about I'm entering my, you know, puberty and I'm going to become rebellious and Mm -hmm. probably not a good combination. I started hanging around (laughs) with the wrong crowds and doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And, and so right after high school, I decided it was probably a smart move. Now, mind you, I say, I decided it. I had some urging from uh, the powers that be the moms, the dads, of the world saying, (laughs) you might want to leave this area for a while. So I joined the service and uh, I went uh, overseas for six years and came back and started a little uh, computer consulting business. And I was doing computer programming from some skills I learned in the service. Uh And for the first time, now, mind you, I'm probably in my early 20s at this point. And, uh, you know, this is when the dot-com boom was just blowing up everyone had was just it was the age of it's time to get that pc on your computer and uh, i landed an amazing client and i had the first real money in my pocket right you know you walk around that wad of cash you're like yeah Yeah, that's a great feeling yeah right i made it (laughs) and so i was going out and i was celebrating with buddies and i had this new uh, and another client i just landed and i was you know talking with some buddies, but man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I got to do all this computer programming. And I was introduced uh, to speed, <laughs> methamphetamines. Uh, now, mind you, if you've ever That'll seen the you movie. programming. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Have you ever seen the mo- that movie Blow with Johnny Depp? 
Oh, forever ago, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm so this is about the it, yeah. this is about the same time frame we're talking. Okay, this stuff okay. it was everywhere, right? And so uh, you know, the first couple of weeks was okay, it got things done, but then you know it takes over your life, mm -hmm. and that was probably the first major downturn of my uh, my adventure was uh, getting too deep into the drug scene to the point where about two years later the police were literally kicking open the door to my home. And, uh, you know, and it was just like you see in the movies, right? You come in there and furniture's turned over and there's Rice Krispies and instant potatoes poured out on the floor as they're looking for whatever it is they're looking oh, for. Wow. I was not there when it happened. I was out on a, like a three-day party binge and I came back Sunday morning, you know, and you, you I walked up to my condo and the door was still a little bit ajar from, literally they, they bashed the door in to get in. And, uh, you know, I was cleaning things up and uh, needless to say, it was that epiphany moment of, oh shit, right? Oh, sorry, I'm not sure. No, you sure can swear, no, it's just good. Uh, Provi cool. Provided it's yeah. in context. I mean, we, yeah, yeah, we, right. we don't so you, swear willy-nilly. You, you, right, <laughs> you, that, you have that oh shit moment. You're yeah. like, ah, oh, my life could have just changed for the worse right there. And I had a three-month-old daughter. Oh, wow. So, so you that know, was a wasn't, blessing then. Yeah, was it blessing. wasn't just me anymore yeah. that I was impacting, you know? Uh, so it was time to not be selfish anymore. Uh, I rang mom and dad up, said, mom, dad, we need to talk. And I don't want to talk on the phone. And they were amazing folks. Uh, I'm blessed for my, my mother and father and my brother from another mother as they all helped out as I got clean. And I didn't go to a facility. I cold turkeyed it. Uh, I laid into a bed and uh, probably slept for a week just getting up to do the bio stuff, right? Stuff a little food mm. in your face. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, get rid of a little bit and keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, right? Bring some in, get rid of some. Anyway. Yeah. All um, evens out in the end. Exactly. Now, mind you, uh, when I you know cleaned up, so let's say a couple of weeks later, I'm kind of normalized mm -hmm. and uh, – I could go, I could have gone right back out there and, you know, gotten another computer programming client or whatever, but. So give us a reference real quick. So you're what, early twenties now or you just. Yeah. Okay. Early mid twenties. Okay. And, uh, um, but my psyche, I'll call it my self-confidence had really taken a kick to the head. Well, of course. With, with what yeah. had just happened right now, mind you, I've been to doing this for a couple of years mm -hmm. and unfortunately I was a little good at it. Um, <laughs> no. Which is good and bad. It's like don't, managing salespeople. Don't commit halfway to anything. Go all in. <laughs> Go all in. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I didn't feel right just going back out there and and uh, putting myself with uh, the higher end clients that I had been used to. So literally, I started doing day jobs. I worked at a warehouse. I worked on a dock. I did temporary work in accounting offices. You know, just to build my confidence back up i'm like dude i gotta i gotta feel good about myself before i can do anything absolutely uh, for someone else mm -hmm. and then uh probably i did that for about you know eight eight or nine months or so and i thought okay let's put myself back out on the market <laughs> and uh um i i went because i had my mom and my dad in my ear and, and you know my our parents generation is like get a, you know get a good education get a good job and you're set for life. Yeah. I mean, so, you're a little bit older than me, but mine, mine was very much the same way. Yeah. yeah. Like school and college and then, well, and then well, good job and, and then job exactly. and off you go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so I put myself back out, out there, but I did it to, you know, looking at the corporate uh, career angle mm -hmm. and I landed a role at the Coca-Cola company, which 
was an amazing opportunity and it, you know, it served me well for the next 12 years. Okay. Um, and I think it really served me well because in each one of the roles that I had, I had the opportunity to use the computer programming skills I had to make my job easier to do, okay. which afforded yeah, me the time yeah. to find and solve problems, which mm -hmm. is as entrepreneurs, all we really do, right? We see a hole in the market and mm -hmm. we go fill it with a product or a service every day. Yeah. We see someone struggling, Fixing we go problems. help them. Yes. Yeah, just, that's all we really do. Um, but as soon as that, uh, that kind of balanced out is like, you know, you get that itch, you're like, okay, this isn't working anymore, <laughs> you know, and you moved on. And, you know, I went through Coca-Cola, Home Depot, David's Bridal, uh, Victoria's Secret. I mean, uh -huh. all the names, you right, uh, for the next 10 years and always having the side hustles on the side, yeah. doing the thing, yeah. you know. And then finally, probably, I don't know, five, seven years ago, I thought, you know what, let's just do this for myself, right? Yes. I'm working the hours already, you know? And uh, so that's when I stepped out into the digital sphere. Again, I had been doing the things on the side. So Dude, what, what it triggered it though? What, what triggered like, you know, fuck you know, it, I'm, I, I'm out of corporate, I'm going for it. Was it? Was there a defining moment? I can in, tell in you, it, there, were, there, were, there were two phases that mm -hmm. kind of triggered this. Phase one is while I was still at Coca-Cola, I lost an 18 month old daughter. Right. Oh, um, you know, she was born with a distended abdomen. She went through like six surgeries in the first three months of her life. And that really started my public speaking career because I was out there oh, talking wow. to anybody that would listen uh, about organ donation. Mm -hmm. um, and when she finally passed away, and uh, there's a story there, and if you want to go there, I, I'm happy to share. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fine, dude. Yeah. So here's what's going on is, okay, so we're, we're down in Atlanta. I got moved to headquarters of Coca-Cola, which was, which was great. Um, but they said, really, the people uh, that really do this operation that she needed, which was a, small, a liver and small bell transplant, mm -hmm. uh, were up in Pittsburgh. So mom and the baby go up to Pittsburgh and, you know, every weekend or so, you know, I and my first daughter would fly up and visit mm -hmm. and, you know, come back. And uh, I flew up one weekend and you have kids, you'll get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you look at them, you're like, there's something wrong. It's mm -hmm. just not right, you know. And uh, it, even though she was already sick and we knew it, you know, she was dealing with different, you, you, you just know. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as the doctor was doing his rounds, I grabbed him a sinuses. I, if if the if the organs were available right now, do you think she would survive the operation? That was the easiest way I could ask the question: Is she going to survive? Right. Right. And I got a lot of doctor speak, him and Han, and literally no joke. I grabbed him by the scruff, that that cliche white jacket. I pulled him down the hall, a couple of doors, into a janitor's closet, and closed the door. Just you and me now. No administrators, no insurance people, mano a mano. Uh, and finally came the uh, the honesty of no if i had if we had the organs right now she wouldn't survive the operation oh, man. okay not the answer you want but now no, you know. this is the truth you know yeah, yeah. you know so to... my next question became all right well do you think her health would improve to the point where she could survive because she had just taken most recently a really bad mm -hmm. downhill slide she'd been doing really good a little more doctor speak, but finally the answer was no, I don't think so. So at this point, she's on an intubator, and that was basically what was keeping her breathing. Right, right. Her body functions were okay, but she couldn't breathe alone. So you're now faced with that decision. Do I leave the, the tube in, let mm -hmm. the machine breathe for her, 
Or do I now knowing this new information, she's not going to survive the operation and she's not going to get healthy enough to survive an operation. Right. Do I, you know, do I make that choice and, and remove the machine? And my previous drug time, yeah, you heard me saying it was time to stop being selfish. Yeah. I felt if I kept her here through whatever pain she was experiencing, it would have been for me. Right. Because mm -hmm. I wanted her here. Oh, wow, uh, yeah. So it was that previous downturn that made me think, all right, I can't be selfish again. Mm -hmm. uh, and we took the machine off or I, this is no joke, ladder, literally wrapped her up in her favorite blanket, sat down in the rocking chair in her room and I rocked her to sleep uh, one last time. And, you know, which is a blessing and a curse. It was a curse because it's painful, right? Oh, yeah. You, I wouldn't yeah. wish this on my worst enemy. Uh -uh. Uh, but it was a blessing that I could be there and tell her all the things that she had taught me in her short time, like seeing uh, the world through new eyes, even though when she was always in pain and we knew it, she always, you know, was always checking things out. You've seen ET when he uses mm -hmm. his finger. Yeah. She would, she would do that too. Right. She'd see something new and she'd had to reach out and touch it with that finger. Once she touched it, it was like any other baby. It's in the mouth. She's playing with it, whatever. <laughs> um, but it was all these little lessons for me. It was like, okay, I, I have to honor you and, you know, go forth and live a better life as a result of these lessons. So that was phase one. Right. It was always. And so I had this public speaking thing I was doing and I started passing, uh, passing along all the personal development stuff that I used to cope with her death. Right. So I threw yeah, myself into yeah. my work and I think, I think I probably saw every single one of Anthony Robbins, uh, Zig Ziglar's and Jim Rohn's performances for the next five years. Oh, wow. If they were anywhere near me, I was at one of their events absorbing and then using that in my you know, public speaking. I started a podcast way back then you know, when it wasn't cool. <laughs> and uh, so that that's started my thinking. All right. I'm worth more. Right. You start absorbing all this and believing it. It's like, I'm worth more. When I started realizing the woman I was with was staying where she was at while I was growing. So that made yeah. us go further oh, and further that's, apart. That's really difficult. Yeah. yeah. And there's, so there was a lot of, you know, knuckle knocking around that and not literally, obviously, but yeah, you know, so it almost got to the point of being a bit abusive. She was trying to pull me back down to where she wanted to stay. And it got to the point when my youngest daughter finally graduated high school, I was like, all right, this isn't going to work anymore. And that was the easiest conversation in the divorce. The rest of it was not so easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it was, it was that final transition that said, you know what, this corporate thing, not so hot mm -hmm. because if I could face up to this ugly divorce and stand up and say, look, this isn't working. I want more. You want what I can't give you, blah, blah, blah. And then I sit down and there's no one else in the house. You ask yourself the question, what next? Right. And I, and I was a mad journaler. So I was really writing down what I wanted to do next. And, you know, entrepreneurial dreams came out yeah. and I, you know, and you start saying, you know what? screw it. I'm going to start down this path. And, you know, here we are today talking with you on your podcast. <laughs> wow. I, I need to, I need to process this for a minute. Um, you know, right. <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's some very, very deep stuff. And, uh, 
you know, you've got such you've got such an adult voice. You've got such a wonderful voice for podcasting. <laughs> oh, thank you. It was almost almost hypnotic to um, to get through that. So obviously, that was a very rough time. But mm. you're coming out of that with a, a a huge understanding of life, and you've moved forward to separating and divorcing. And your your youngest is now out of high school, and now you're sitting there with an empty book. Uh, right, you know, the the biggest the, the the biggest victory there is some peace and quiet and some alone time. I'm sure, um, but what happened next? Because um, I I know you've got you've got the podcast and I know you've got the uh, the the darkhorseschooling.com. Was mm-hmm. it you coming out and using that um, using the lessons that you learned through? All, out the, uh, the 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 difficulties with your daughter and all the personal development stuff, is that what you did as an entrepreneur? Just kind of rebrand that. That was that it? was the that was the starting point. Uh, like I said, I started that podcast, and the first podcast uh, I called "Success DNA." Right? Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. You know, doing necessary actions. That's what the DNA oh, stood for. That's and it was it was really all of that knowledge that I had been taken to, you know, process and and survive what I had been through. And uh, you know, spewing that out. The uh, the downside is when I started going through the uh, the divorce, I stopped the podcast. And you know, this we're talking I started this podcast in two thousand and seven. Oh wow! Right, so this is this is way back. Right? It was like a Napster. Like, like I said, it's when podcasting wasn't cool. Yeah, um, and uh, I had monetized it into a membership uh, podcast. So basically, on Mondays, and, and the podcast episodes were like 15, 20 minutes long. They weren't super long. Mm-hmm. No interviews, just me getting on the microphone. So on Monday, I would give knowledge and say, oh, and by the way, on Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to talk about this and this and this and that. And if you want more and learn more about that, come to my website, sign up. It's like $19 a month. You know, so uh, So before it even existed, you were using it as the front end of a traffic funnel. Yeah. Nobody knew what a funnel was in 2007. Didn't even know what it was, right? That's crazy. uh, It it was doing good. I mean, I really uh, started scratching the surface. But unfortunately, when I started going to the the divorce piece of things, I felt I faced imposter syndrome big time, right? Ooh. I was like, oh, I'm getting on this microphone and say, here's all these things you could do to make your life awesome. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. I'm going through a divorce, right? So I hung up the mic. I, retrospect, shouldn't have done it. Yeah, I should have just, just opened up and been, been vulnerable. Look, mm-hmm. here's what's going on, right? I get it. I'm telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying it from experience because I'm going through the, the caca you're going through. Yes. Um, but, you know, hindsight's 2020. And so uh, I hung up the mic for a bit and, you know, got the internals together. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, from a podcast standpoint, I'm like, all right, I, I'm ready to pick up the mic and share and again. The strange thing about this is, as you podcast and as, as I've started podcasting, you, you're giving up the knowledge that you've learned. You're giving up the experience that you've had from the lessons that you've lived. Mm-hmm. And um, you know you've lived some pretty uh, <clears throat> pretty extensive lessons um, just from your story, and it's very easy to give knowledge and yet not walk the path yourself. And what podcasting has done for me is hold me completely 
100% accountable to every action that I make because yeah. I'm up here saying, here's how to do it. Here's how to win. Here's how to be successful. Right. And then when my alarm goes off at 5.15 in the morning, I'm like, well, shit, <laughs> better get up because there's people watching. You know, That's right. So that's podcast right. It, it, to help hold me accountable. Yeah, it, it, you're 100% there. And that's I guess that's over another one of the reasons why I wanted to get back into it because I realized, man, if I hadn't hung up my mic back then, I would have mm -hmm. held myself accountable to the very words I was spewing on the air to help other folks. It would have, I could have helped myself. Right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So 100%, yeah. Um, and then, you know, um, what five six years ago i dipped into the uh the digital marketing sphere you know oh, yeah. doing you know doing facebook ads mm -hmm. and then doing um you know websites you know, the, the whole gamut and then i you know got into the social media thing um early on in the game and then it and I, it was doing okay i was doing well with it um but it got to a point where it wasn't fun anymore I was uh, like all right yeah, yeah. Well, when it's not fun he's like all right i'm gonna put this over here and then I started uh, putting together uh, some digital courses. Mm -hmm. ah, I love it. It's now I can take the knowledge, put it into a format where I don't have to keep saying it over and over and over again. Yeah, just absolutely right. Put it out there. And now as people raise their hands and they say, you know what, Tracy, I want more of you, mm -hmm. uh, then I can engage those folks and, uh, you know, level them up, level myself up and you know, cause that amazing ongoing circle of growth. It, it is, man. And, you know, I'm in I'm in several mastermind groups, and one of them I've been in about a year. And when I showed up, I was the young kid that the, the really didn't you know I I knew a lot, but I hadn't proven a lot. And now sure. a year into it, I'm the old man, and everybody in there is asking me questions. You know, it's <laughs> uh, it's it's funny though because yeah, you know, iron sharpens iron, or, or whatever they say. I'm, I'm not sure what the the phrase is, but by being around people, even though you're coaching them, like every client that I have, I learn stuff from. Like they mm -hmm. make me better. So yeah, hundred um, percent. Before we get too far ahead of that, though, and talking of sure. <laughs> talking of uh, practicing what you preach, touch for me a minute on your morning routine. Are you one of these guys like me that has to force themselves out of bed and go get everything done, or are you a little more laid back? Luckily, not. Uh, again, <laughs> because of the military experience, getting up at o dark thirty in the morning is yeah. part of my routine. Oh no! Nice. Uh, th these days, I'm up at 3 to 3.30. Wow. Tell us about yeah. that. Come on, how does this work? <laughs> so I'll get up, at, and luckily, uh, I have a, a new wife, and uh, this I'm, I'm going to step back just for a brief moment. Yes, that's okay. So coming out of the divorce, and when I told you about all the journaling, one of the things I wrote down is I want to picture that, I'll call it perfect woman, mm -hmm. right? The ideal mate. And you start writing on, and, and once you get past all the usual things, I wanted to have pretty eyes and long blonde <laughs> hair and a slender figure and, and all that stuff. You start digging a little deeper, right? What yeah. kind of values do you want her to have? What kind of, you know, heart? And it was funny is, um, you know, writing all that down, uh, probably about six months later, I met her online and we, you know, chatted for a few months and then dated for a year and we've been married. Gosh, I think we're going on to year four now. Wow. Well done. Huh? And it's beautiful. And, uh, and she's an early riser as well. So it really works out, uh, fire. So three o'clock, the, uh, the alarm will go off. I'll roll right out of bed into the gym. We're lucky enough to have a little space in our home that we've dedicated to working out. Uh -huh. And, uh, I'm either going on a, a walk 
or I'm actually doing, you know, a little, uh, little energy. Dude, that's, that's what I do. I do it at 5.30. You're up at 3, man. You're oh, like an overachiever I, I, over here. By 6 o'clock, I feel like my day's half over, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, so, yeah. So you yeah, get to the so, gym, you get, you get fired up. What, what's next? I get, I get pumped <laughs> so up. You know, so now then, it's 4 uh, o'clock in the morning. Now, what? <laughs> now it's 4, 4.30, right? Oh, uh, have a little oatmeal and fruit. Do the thing. Uh -huh. You know, feed the body. Um, and then I'll do dart upstairs to uh do a maybe a, re a recording session or two mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know the, the the solo episodes um check messages and the whole nine yards and then start interacting with folks during the course of the day you know client meetings you yeah know, yeah client reach outs the whole nine yards wow that is uh so yeah if you, if you want to be an overachiever <laughs> follow tracy <laughs> you know you know get 515 is hard enough for me um and the the podcast guys keep me accountable and uh every, everybody on uh i tell you the funny thing is though and it probably happens with you as well people people will see you posting stories at four in the morning and they'll say man you're an inspiration you you made me go to the gym so um that now I don't know now, if I can do mind, it, mate. I don't know if I can set now, my Mind you, at the same time, I'm usually in bed by about 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. So oh, well, there you go. There's that, right? There it's not go. like I'm staying up at old dark 30. I'm too, <laughs> I'm too old for that. <laughs> well, yeah, I had a, uh, I, I, I fill in as a musician, as a, purely as a hobby now. And uh, I played a show last night. And I got done. I got to bed about 1.30, and that alarm, it was going off. And well, we're recording this on a Friday, by the way, guys. So uh, <laughs> I, I got by last night on about four hours sleep. Oh, so, man. Yeah, but, you know, it's a you show, can do man. That. I love playing you can, shows. Yeah. It, it's all good. So um, let's jump back now. So you've, you, you're an entrepreneur. <clears throat> and... One of the things I like to do, I mean, I know we touched on uh, we touched on the drugs and stuff, and sure. uh, we touched on that that bad time there. But as an entrepreneur, uh, since starting out, because it's it's not easy taking that jump. Um, mm -hmm. What would you say that your biggest failure as an entrepreneur has been, and what what the what the best takeaway, what the best lesson from that failure was? Ah, oh, man, I think the the biggest failure right out of the gate is not believing in myself as much as some of the you know, folks I was engaging with. So like, mm -hmm. you know, like you say, you, you, uh, you know, in Zach's arena, right. Mm -hmm. The folks in, in that little mastermind group are like, Oh, Tracy, you're, you're awesome. Right. You're, you're doing great things. And you know, are. that little voice in my head is like, you suck. Right? You're awful. <laughs> da, 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 da. You know, that little, that little bird, that little ugly bird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, and I think I just, you know, if I just would have flicked that sucker off, you know, yes. get off, right? and yes. just just dove in. You know, I think Zach says, you know, jump off the cliff and grow the wings on the way down. Well, if I just would have taken that belief right out of the gate, and uh, you know, I have it now, which is awesome. No, but it's when you started out and your podcast in for the mm -hmm. second time around, mm -hmm. did it feel like you were standing on top of a canyon? shouting into a canyon filled with fog and not hearing anything back you you, you know not luckily not for me oh, uh, man. yeah i'm sorry <laughs> uh because one of the things i have been pretty decent at is uh even in my uptimes and downtimes is trying to maintain some level of contact 
mm-hmm. um, especially via Facebook, right? Via the well, yeah. socials, you yeah. know, it's, it, and, and in LinkedIn, because as I made those corporate rounds, yeah, I tried to stay connected with those folks. So when the podcast launched, right, you know, the whole, as you get ready to do it, you say, hey, by the way, oh, yeah. keeping, yeah, yeah, you know, 727, yeah. man, you're going to want to check this out. I'm going to be launching this podcast. I know you want to listen to me, at, right? <laughs> I had no problem acting like that and, and sharing with those folks. So right out of the gate, I had a great run. Now it started to slide off. Now, probably around that time, you know, maybe two, three months later, I started feeling some of the foggy canyon that you're mentioning. Yeah. So, you know, because that's the good thing. You know, it's great. You come out of the gate. You're like, yeah, I'm killing it. No, no, now you clarify that. That's exactly what happened to me. Same thing. Out of the gate, you crush it. And then then you're just wondering if it works. I wanted to to touch on the stuff you'd said about Zach's group and and mm-hmm. you know when I joined Zach's group you were one of the uh, one of the more established guys and we I kind of looked up at what you were doing and go man I really like to be where that dude is at mm-hmm. and um, the the thing for me was the exact same as what what you went through we had a big yay launch and then after you know four or five episodes four or five weeks it was like well where's the response. You know, where, mm-hmm. where's everybody else? Where's, where's this going on? And I didn't realize that I was making any kind of impression until I went to a, uh, I went to Ryan Stuman's Million Dollar Mastermind event, mm-hmm. and I would say probably, probably five percent of the people at that event knew who I was, which was just huge. People were coming nice. up and talking about the show, and uh, yeah, it was at that point that I was like, well, shit, maybe I am, uh, maybe I am making a distance. So. <clears throat> Is there anything in particular that drives your passion for podcasting? Now you're over the hump. Now you've got that base audience that comes back and listens every week. What is it that drives you to keep going, man? You know, I think it's just that it, my natural inquisitive nature. I love to learn. I, I, I enjoy moments like this. Just mm-hmm. two guys shooting the shit, having a conversation, right? And getting those little nuggets like, oh, man, he's right. I should do it that way. Or, you know what Samuel said, I got to, I got to write that down, you know, and you find these everywhere. I mean, if I think about it for a quick moment, uh, I just dropped an episode here on Monday uh, where I was lucky enough to interview Kenny Lee Lewis, right? Mm. He's the guitar, mm-hmm. the guitarist from the Steve Miller um, band. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and anybody who's heard music long enough to know what music is, has heard some of his classic riffs. Oh, this is that riff at the beginning of Fly Like an Eagle. Yeah, or The Joker, yeah, yeah, or any of those classic songs, right? So, you know, I got him on, he was telling his story, and I kept pulling these nuggets out. And when I, on my podcast, at the end of my podcast, I say, here's the things I, I thought. Right. Here's the things I gleaned from this episode. And I give some folks some some thoughts for me. I'm writing that and, down. There's a, there's a nugget right there. There's a nugget right there. And um, Kenny Lee, um, when after the episode dropped, you know, he uh, obviously put not obviously, but he was nice enough to put the link to the podcast episode. But he put this wonderful little review of, mm-hmm. you know, Tracy was, you know, he's this cat's taking it to a whole new level. He's like saying he took me to school and it was like going to a, a Tony Robbins you know, seminar. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't I didn't think about it that way, but I was very flattered. And and I just took what I heard from his story and thought, how can I 
help someone like the Samuels or mm -hmm. the Johns and the Janes that are listening to my podcast, loop this back and realize, oh, wow, I just got a lesson in entrepreneurship from a rock and roll guy, right? Because that's, yeah. that's who I'm, my audience is. So I've got to got to make it i got to relate them to it otherwise they're gonna be like i'm stopping i'm not listening to this guy anymore you know but he had never looked at his life and from that aspect and so many people don't mm -hmm. they don't realize the lessons they have to offer so if i can yeah. help them learn that there you go money i love that and, and often people say to me you know oh well, why would you want to interview me i got nothing to share and i'm like dude you're 60 years old and you've run three different companies thank <laughs> you i mean come on man you got you got plenty to share and yeah uh, you know uh full full confession here i did actually uh, see that post yesterday and read it and was very <laughs> right impressed on. by very impressed by it um <laughs> yeah that was uh, that that's something as well and to be to be getting to interview people that, that have done uh way different things uh other than you know the stuff we do and and to, to man somebody that, that worked with steve miller back in the 70s and 80s must have been a uh, a real blast i'm gonna have to go and find that episode um and listen to yeah, it so absolutely um we touched on zig ziglar and uh the other sales training guys especially uh, tony tony robbins and that um i did want to ask who what are the three who are the three most influential people uh, that have helped you to succeed, would you say? Oh, so that first one might surprise you a little bit. The first one, believe it or not, is Bruce Lee. Oh, that's a good one. He, yeah, so he was way legit. back. Yeah, he was. And, and you know, I think so many people remember the Bruce Lee that's on the silver screen, right? Mm -hmm. Got it. And, you know, I'm not slighting him. Boy, he had skills. Um, but I actually, when I was in uh, my later teen years, I started reading some of the philosophies that he put to paper yeah. back in the day, you know, the Tao of Jeet Kune Do and, and, and books like that. And there were so many nuggets of wisdom inside there. I mean, there was one that stuck with me, uh, like I was like 16 and the phrase, I'm going to, I'm going to mess it up, but it's something like absorb what is useful, discard the rest and add something that's uniquely you. I was like, Oh, Right. Yeah. Let that sit for a minute. I mean, all kinds of information is coming at you every day. You're reading books, you're listening yeah. to podcasts. Well, absorb what's useful. There's going to be something in this conversation that, uh, you know, Sam and I are having right now, you'll find useful. There'll be a lot of stuff that's maybe not so useful. You, don't <laughs> want, to, you want to discard that. Yeah. Now, take that nugget you found useful and add something that's uniquely you and then tell somebody else about it. Yes. Right. And that really, that, that something clicked about that inside my head in my teen years. And I was always doing that. Here's what I would add to that. Go back and re-listen, go back and reread your favorite books, your favorite podcasts, your favorite oh, television man, shows, yes. right? So because much. now you're older and you're probably ready for a new nugget from that same source. Mm -hmm. Right. I've gone back. I have some of uh, Tony Robbins's tapes and Tony Robbins would be the next guy that's influenced me. Um, some of his uh, CDs, right? The, yeah. the personal power too. now for those, for those, for those younger listeners, what is a CD Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Imagine a, a ninja star that's fully circle. <laughs> No, so I, I have some of his programs from back in the day, and uh, periodically I'll go back through them because I'll find some new nugget that mm -hmm. I kind of glazed over in the past, right? 
which I find very beneficial. It's like rereading a book. Well, it's like you go through so fast and you're just, you're digesting the surface information. Mm -hmm. And I find with books, especially the the second or actually more more likely to me, it's the third or fourth time through a book um, Mm -hmm. that that I've really enjoyed. I find that, yes, you you read those paragraphs from a different perspective as you age and you come back to it. So absolutely rereading It's because you've evolved, right? You're a different Mm -hmm. person now, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, It's like people like, well, you know, I hate people that change their minds. Like, dude, that's would, what you they're made, there for. would you make the same decision today that you would have made as a teenager? Mm. I hope not. <laughs> no, no. I tell a lot of people, Tracy, I say I, I hold very strong opinions because I, I've come to my opinion by processing facts. But yeah. those opinions are open to change upon the presentation of new evidence. Boom, I'm mm. ready. I'm ready to yeah. go. I'll change. I my hold mind on to them, but I don't hold on to them so tightly that yes. I kill myself, right? Yes. Now <laughs> that's super important. So Tony Robbins. Tell me what you got out of him, because, you know, he was always um, when I was when when I was growing up, he, he was always the the weird kind of hippie guy that 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 my circle and you got like uh, late teens and early twenties that you wouldn't be caught dead listening to him because he's kind of yeah. weird and he's kind of hippie and since. Since I've embraced the weird hippie stuff, um, mm-hmm. my life's gotten a lot better. Um, but tell us a little bit about Tony Robbins and, and how you th- kind of implemented some stuff from him. I think the biggest things I got from Tony and his content uh, would have been about, the uh, best way to say that is seeing people and their signals. I don't want to say reading them, right? It mm-hmm. sounds so, you know, bleh. Um, but seeing people and their signals and then seeing your own signals, realizing you have those same signals that other people have. And when you start being able to uh, interpret those signals, it helps you guide a conversation. You know, I mean, people react differently because they have different experiences. Uh, Sometimes they learn differently because it's just their nature. Some people are tactile, some people are audible, some people are visual, right? Some people, you know, so you've got to alter to them. that helped me in my uh, my corporate career immensely. Yeah. That one little message of people learn differently because I started realizing, oh, some people need to hear things in writing. Mm-hmm. That's the only way they're going to learn. I could yeah. talk to them all day long, but until I sent them that memo or that email, it didn't click. Yeah, mm-hmm. It stopped trying to get people to do it your way. You do it their way. Yes. Right. I like That's that. isn't that the, like the I think what they call that the platinum rule because we all know the golden rule. Oh, do unto others. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so the golden rule, do unto others as you would have done unto you. Mm. The platinum rule, do unto others as they would have done unto themselves. I have heard that before. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and it, it, it's interesting that that you bring up the learning because my kids learn completely differently from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest is very much hands-on. My oldest is very much book. Like he can read it and know it. My youngest yeah. will read it and look at it, and it, the hands-on side of it, he gets it. So <clears throat> it's it's like what was it about uh, judging a fish by its ability to climb a tree? You know. <laughs> I've heard that one in a while. I mean, it just you know, with with um, not to get too deep into into my youngest son, he he struggles in school because um, he he understands everything. He just doesn't want to write it down because it bores him, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. He, he learns very differently from the other kids. And so when it comes time to testing him, he's testing out in the 99th percentile. But when it comes time to doing his work, he doesn't want anything to do with it, that. Yeah. 
just yeah. like his dad. Yeah. <laughs> and that's some of the struggles of classic schooling or even classic business, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. If you don't fit into the box of the business yeah. or the school, well, then you're, you're, I won't say ostracized, but close enough though. It, I mean, it's close enough to being that, right? Yeah. And you'll find, I think, a lot of those folks are perfect entrepreneurs because they're like, screw mm. it. I'm going to go do it my way. Yeah. And sometimes their way is better. It's like they don't got to make, they don't want to fit in, fit into somebody's box. They just make their own box. There um, it is. That, that, that's what we do. We build our own stages. We, we build our own tables and have big lunches and invite everybody to share and take from us. Absolutely. Um, dude, I, I love it. So um, let's touch a little bit on your podcast real quick. Sure. Um, you've managed to get it to a top 50 ranked podcast in three countries. And so how on earth did you manage that? Was it just consistency <laughs> over time? or? I believe it was just consistency. And I was actually lucky enough to hit uh, the top 21 here in the States for, it was a, a short period of time. Um, but when I hit that number, that's when I thought, okay, I got to stop paying attention to this number because I'm going to keep pushing myself <laughs> too hard. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know, I just kind of focused on the content and mm -hmm. then repurposing the content behind that. Um, before you click the record button, I was sharing with you that, you know, everyone focuses on the downloads. Yeah. which are awesome, right? Don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I like thousands of downloads, but some, um, some provide hosting providers will allow you to see, uh, and I think it's an estimation, uh, how many unique listeners in, in Lipson, it's called distinct listeners mm -hmm. are listening to your show. That's the number I started paying attention to. Yeah. And when yeah. I saw that number sliding down, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. They don't like this content. Uh -huh. Let me go back to you. Know, it, it's really uh, comes back to the Anthony Robbins story we we're telling earlier. You're looking out there to see what's going on so that you can react to it, right? You're reading your audience. It, yeah. It's it's digitally in this case, but the signals are still there. Um, and then you'll start getting the feedback, you know, uh, if you do like social content, repurposing, putting it out there, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you'll do, get yeah. the likes and stuff like that. Um, you'll see the folks that are doing that and they start sharing it. All right. Awesome. If they don't, yeah. oh, maybe it's not so, such a hot topic. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I think one of the places I saw a great turn is I was, um, I was doing the, the weekly interviews yeah. and then I would do solo episodes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the solo episodes, there was no direct connection. And I think that was a huge disconnect. So let's say you're out there mowing the lawn and you, you decide, hey, I'm going to check out this, this dark horse guy. What's yeah, this all about? Yeah. And you hear the interview episode and you're like, that's cool. And the very next episode, something completely different. Yeah. Way off on left field. Uh -huh. And so what I did is I started using the interview content as inspiration for the solo episodes. Oh, that's a really good idea. So, you know, I'd be listening to Sam and Tracy talk and Sam would say something. I'm like, man, I could do a whole episode on that topic right there. Yeah. And so at the end of the uh, episode I'd do with Sam, I'd say, you know what? Sam brought this great point, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to chat with more with you about that on Wednesday on episode 207. Oh, now, wow. when they get to episode 207, they're already queued up for it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You know, so it's, it's not like this, this quick jerk. That doesn't make any sense. And oh, that's like when that. I started seeing some more consistency with things. So this is why I love doing my interviews is because I get, not only do you share huge amounts of value with my listeners, you share it with me too as a, uh, <clears throat> as a guy that's 
quite a little way ahead of me in the industry and somebody I'm, I'm looking to emulate and I'm, I'm just making notes of <laughs> I'm just making notes of ideas <laughs> coming down here and stuff so, um, so sorry carry on yeah I was gonna say there's there's one other quick tip if you if you if you want if we want to go there yeah let's do it and, and this is going to be all about advertising right oh we don't do any advertising right so and I, I really don't do any advertising per se mm -hmm. what i have been doing here recently is a, a new tool came onto the market and it's called content fries and what it'll do is uh, you can upload your video and you can go through and cut out these segments right 30 seconds minute here whatever mm -hmm. and it will uh, create the video for you in the for the correct format for facebook or instagram and what you do is you create your template and it just takes that video and drops it in and you can put a you know an intro and an outro so now if you look at one of mine uh, you can go to my you know, the dark yeah. horse page and you can see it you know what the, page the is that in, uh, the dark horse entrepreneur facebook page okay so go check out tracy's dark horse entrepreneur facebook page so, and you can see an stuff. example of what i'm talking yeah. about here it's a, it's a quick little video two seconds you'll see the logo come in it goes to like the screen we're looking at right here mm -hmm. two of us talking there'll be a graphic over the top kind of telling you what yeah. this te it's a teaser video right yeah. Yeah. Um, so what i would do is i'd go into facebook ads and say i want more people to view this video mm -hmm. right and when you do that you you can get penny views. You can get less than a penny views if you do it right. Right. And at the bottom of it, when you do the ad, it gives you the option of doing a uh, button that says learn more. Yeah. Uh, this is the best way to beat the Facebook. I won't say beat it to use the Facebook algorithm to your advantage, because if you say I want a traffic ad, they're going to charge you 67 cents, a dollar 29, whatever it is, because they want you to stay on Facebook. Right. Or if you use video ads and just put that little learn more button down at the bottom, the people that are really interested, they're going to learn more. Right. And what you're doing is you're seasoning your pixel mm -hmm. for the folks that when you finally do do a real ad, uh, those folks that have watched 50% of your video or more, yeah. you can create a lookalike audience. Yeah. And now yeah. you've taken that video where you're just like, hey, I'm sharing value. Now I'm ready to really push something on you, like a course or whatever. Uh, and you can create a lookalike audience and that's targeted at those folks that actually took the time to watch your video. And, and the good thing about that is when your offer hits or your product launches, they already know you, they like they, you, they trust you, they're familiar see, with you, and they're ready to it. buy. Yeah. 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 yeah dude, that, that for me, man, that has been the most important change in what I've done because I was trying to force business. You know, I, I sell real estate uh, amongst other things, but I was trying to force the real estate business by advertising, by by wearing the the, the button down shirts and by looking by mm -hmm. looking the part and all that other stuff. And once I started focusing on instead of focusing on me, focusing on talking to an audience and giving the audience value. The audience started to know me and trust me, yeah. and now it's all referrals. There's real estate referrals coming out of my ears, and, and yeah. honestly, it's wonderful. You can't uh, keep up, right? <laughs> that's correct. But you know, I did a. Um, I was blessed enough to be uh, invited to do a photo shoot for a real estate magazine yesterday, and the photographers couldn't believe it because I was there in a, a black V-neck T-shirt and blue jeans with. Uh, tattoos showing and they had tattoos and they loved it and they're like you're the best guy we photographed we'd buy a house right. from you 
<laughs> so it's all what got me that jump was was doing <clears throat> exactly what you said and um getting people to uh to, to like me first and sending those little ads out first where they could learn a little more and then when it was time to sell them something they were they were ready to go so uh, but i think there, there's a lesson in what you just said right there right so let's make sure everyone caught that um <laughs> you're just being you yes you stopped trying to be the cliche buttoned down, you know, three piece suit mm -hmm. real estate guy. You say, yeah. you know what? Screw that. I'm gonna be Sam. Sam wears mm -hmm. t-shirts. Sam's got he's rocking the the tattoos. And if you don't like that, that's cool. Go yeah. check out somebody else. But when you start business and when you start and you get a license and people train you, it doesn't matter what business you're in, everybody trains you to what they have been taught. Uh, yes, that works and you are supposed to look this way and you're supposed to act this way and you're supposed to do this and then you end up sitting across the desk from people and they're treating you like a bank manager mm -hmm. they're looking at you like you're like a, a level above them in power mm -hmm. whereas me I'm not it's my job to teach you how this transaction works and it's my job to stand between the stress of the transaction and you I yes. take care of all the stressors, um, <clears throat> and we just pick you out a house, and we, we, we go buy a house. And there's, there's none of this. People that wear suits know when a guy is wearing a suit and he doesn't belong in it. Mm -hmm. And people that don't wear suits don't really open up any level of comfort with people that do. And when I figured that out, it was... It was yeah. on. It was great. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, with, with podcasting and media and everything else I do, um, real estate is very much a, uh, it's, it's a part-time thing for me. And we'll still close probably 30 to 35 houses this year just on referral with no, no anything. And it's, it's, it's the most. Oh, know, shucks. <laughs> there are people yeah. going out there going, I wish I could close that much business. <laughs> it, it, yeah, but it's like, they can. That's what oh, they don't realize. And that's what the podcast is here for. And that's why I'm interviewing guys like you. I am not any special anything. I just said, you know what? I've done it this way for 38 years. It hasn't worked. I'm going to try the other way. I'm going to try yep. the hippie way. I'm going to try the gratitude way. I'm going to try being nice to everybody. And I'm just going to try just being myself. And now the T-shirts I wear, they're relatively new. They're always clean. They're, they're ironed. They're well-fitting. Um, right. You know, when you wear dark colored T-shirts, you get eight to ten washes out of them, and then you got to use them for polishing rag. You know, they're not yeah. any good. So it's not like I just rock up in a Flintstones T-shirt and some torn jeans and be like, right, let's sell a house. No, I mean, I, I, I look the part. I could put a, I could put a sport coat on over it and, and, and yeah. bring it together. But it's no, I feel um, you. It, it puts the clients at ease. But the whole purpose of this podcast is to let everybody know that, like, you're not special. You went through drugs, you went through loss, you went mm. through adversity, you just work yeah. through it. I'm not special. Me, I got the whole built businesses and lost businesses and alcoholic and all that shit. And now, yeah, I've got every problem that all the entrepreneurs would love to have. And yeah. the purpose of the podcast is, man, you guys can do that too. You just you just gotta, it's it's small steps daily. It's, it's small, yeah. consistent shit. Th that's the magic right there, is like those little steps mm. every day towards your goal. You know, so a, a you've got to know what your goal is. Oh, most definitely. How many how many people haven't taken the time to sit down and what they truly want, right? I I mean nobody ever does. When whenever I'm coaching entrepreneurs, um, they'll come to me with a specific issue they want to fix. I'm like, but why? 
what are you trying to achieve? Where are mm-hmm. you trying to go? Who are you trying to talk to here? Like, what, what's... And you always end up digging deeper and deeper, and they haven't written any goals down. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, so when you started this business, your goal was to make enough money to pay the bills, right? Yeah. And have you paid the bills? Yeah. Congratulations, you're successful. What yeah. else do you want? Like, Check. you did what you set out to achieve. Now let's yeah. set another goal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> people, they don't do that. They don't define their target market. <laughs> they, they don't do any of this stuff. They, they just, and it's because... Darts. <laughs> well, it's because, it's because when, they, when, when, they, when they think about entrepreneurs and they see what we do they see the highlight reel they see the success side yeah. they think if, if I get a real estate license and I put a sign in the ground people are going to come and buy shit from me and mm-hmm. it couldn't be further than the truth you know if you set up you set up a um, public speaking company and a coaching company and you stick your sign out on the internet and you go right where's my clients they're not coming to you Mm-mm. no it doesn't work like that but like you know I did business studies at high school and um it didn't teach me shit about what I do on a day-to-day. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And you know, there's no way to learn it except to get out and do it. And one of the biggest issues I find is that people won't commit to something because they don't think that they're good at it. But you'll never get good at something if you don't commit to it. Exactly. So you've got this little right circle there. going around. Yeah. There. Well, it's just like we were talking about earlier. It's like, you know, I had that little bird in my ear going, you suck, you suck. you." Uh-huh. So I didn't commit 100%, you know, and yeah. I paid the price as a result. So you're going to you're, you're gonna pay the price one way or the other. May as well just dive in. And if you if you trip, you stumble, you bumble, you fall, you face plant, okay. What's that matter? It, it, it's going to hurt whether you fall one foot or whether you fall 10 feet. Mm-hmm. Let's fall 10 feet. Let's get it right. Like, well, where success comes from is failing and then being strong enough to stomp down on that failure, pour a layer of cement on it and turn it into a foundation and failing again. And you just build your own ladder. What, What people don't understand is they think we go out and buy a ladder, but the ladder is built on failure. It's one step of failure built on the next. Here's the other thing on that, right? So here's the other thing. Maybe, maybe you do go for something right you're climbing the ladder you're mm-hmm. you're saying ladder you think you climb that ladder of success and you get to the top and you realize oh shit this ladder is leaning on the wrong damn wall yeah. i want to be over there uh-huh. well that's what happens when you start like the guy says i just want to pay the bills well okay what's your next what's yeah. the next rung yeah you know because one degree difference today is 380 degrees different, you know, six months from now. Mm-hmm. And you got to be watching that sucker every day. Otherwise, you're going to be up against the wrong wall going, I'm successful, but I'm unhappy. I got nobody with me. Exactly. Uh, I'm empty and, inside. Blah, well, blah, that's blah, back blah, to blah. the hippie shit. Yeah. That's back to the hippie shit that I didn't think that hippie shit mattered. Um, and you, you, there's, there's all kinds of different write-ups on it, but the, the one I stick to is, you know, there's the four pillars of life. And um, grind or business is only one of the pillars. You could be super successful at business, but if you let your health go and if you let your family go and you let the group of people that you surround yourself with grow, what yeah. good's having a fucking successful business? It's not going to do you any good whatsoever. Yeah. So it's about finding that balance. And, man, I just... <laughs> I want to tell every single entreprneur that it's going to be okay. <laughs> you just do right? little bits at a time. Man. I uh, 
I tell folks one of the exercises I like to do with with, with new folks is uh, call it the circle of life, circle mm-hmm. of business, circle of whatever, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you imagine a wheel and say there's seven spokes. You know, one is your business, one is your finances, mm-hmm. one is your your physical health, blah, 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 blah. Right. So from the center to the outside of the spoke, let's say there's a scale of one to 10. Mm-hmm. So if you go and you rate each one of those. Oh, you end up with a oh, fucked up wheel, a, don't you? Right, yeah. right. And, and then you draw a line between oh, it. Oh my goodness, yes. How well is that sucker going to roll? Yes, yes. Where is your flat spot at? That's wow. where you got to focus at. Oh man, I've never broken it down like that. I always do like a four pillars with a tabletop. Um, but, well, but that I'm, works too. Yeah, that, a little, no, little rickety. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, which which of these pillars is out of line? But man, yeah. I like that spoke analogy. You see, now I'm taking a nugget from Tracy, and I'm just writing down on my notepad spoke analogy. So for those of you that are listening that are, are trying to uh, trying to work with clients on stuff that are out of balance, maybe your personal trainer, um, you know, maybe you've got like a, a media company or something, um, mm-hmm. do a spoke and man, I like that. I, I really do. That's uh, wow. Thank you. All right, <laughs> man, we're getting a little bit low on the uh, on the time side here, Tracy. So I'm gonna just ask you a few more. Dude, I feel like I could talk to you for hours, man. <laughs> I That's feel good. Like I could go all day. <laughs> um, you've you've definitely been um, a, a very very uh, fun and entertaining and inspirational guest to interview. So well, thank you, thank you for that. But um, before we wrap up. Um, I've got one more entrepreneur-based question to ask sure. you, and then I've got um, a question behind about the thing behind you. Um, so, man, I am dying to know, over your right shoulder, there is a copy of Modern Drummer Magazine. What is going on with that? I, um, okay, so back in the teen years, I actually picked up the lead guitar to play in the garage bands and uh you know because back then if you played lead guitar you got all the girls right yeah you got all the attention yeah and uh a couple of years ago uh, actually a few years ago i sat down and played drums and you know even rock band right and i'm like man i totally dig this so two years ago i'm at this uh call it a swap meet and uh I saw this Alessis electronic drum set, uh-huh. probably a twelve hundred dollar drum set. They were selling it for two hundred and fifty bucks. I'm like, you gotta sold. get that. You gotta buy that. Yeah. I bought it. I brought it home, and I have been so passionately in love with the drums, um, even more so since then. So obviously, yeah. the modern drummer. He's got uh, Neil, he, for those of you who can't see, he's, he's got a little drum set behind him. It's like a little <laughs> desktop drum kit. You got, of course, you got Neil Pert. You can't see it. There you go. Yeah, Neil Pert I see on the him. cover. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the little desktop drum set. So yeah, it's uh, it, as funny as there was a, a time, and I told talked about this in my podcast, uh, probably about a month ago, I was just having one of those days. I was watching some show and it was just, just getting under my skin. It was politically focused show. Oh, so yeah, yeah. That tells you how That'll easy that it. is, right? That'll do it. And yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was right pissed off. And I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. I went upstairs. Um, I have a room dedicated to Kiss. Um, oh, I, nice. I collect all kinds of Kiss stuff. Dude, I, I and, saw those guys in uh, in in 1999 or 2000 uh, at the Wembley Arena in London. They're like, still they were awesome, so dude. good. Yeah. So <laughs> you anyway, don't, you don't want to admit that out loud, but Kiss is oh, awesome. Oh, I do. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good with it. Right. My mom, when I was, uh, I started listening to them in '76, and my mom said it's a passing phase. Uh, so we're still waiting for yeah, the past. Yeah, still um, going. So anyway, I go upstairs. 
couple hours, I'm banging on the drums. I come out of that room, big smile on my face, not a care in the world. That's when I realized I found my cheap therapy. Oh, yeah. You know, just sitting there playing music. So when you said you were out playing and you you were working on four hours, I'm like, I totally get it, dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you you can't, like, you know... I, I I was a professional drummer for many years, and mm-hmm. um, now I do it. You know, I, I wasn't playing, and then word, you know, somebody was asking somewhere, and somebody overheard something, and somebody from a previous life said, I'll get Sam to do it. And the, the, the response was, what, real estate, Sam? Are, are you sure? <laughs> and, um, you know, I, so I ended up back doing this. And unfortunately, it's not going to last forever. Um, work is so busy, and travel is busy. Mm. Um, but I'm just enjoying it while I can. And, um, yeah. you know, there, there was some displaced musicians from new orleans and they couldn't bring their drummer and all of a sudden i'm boom right in the middle of a professional uh, music setup again and it's sweet uh, dude it's just been like i get nothing out of it except pure joy it's i i'm worn see, out it doesn't pay that's it right shit. there it's so that's much the magic. fun though it's yeah that's it's, the magic it's the outlet it's it's having something to to like you said you go for two hours and you smash the shit out of it and you, there's there's no anger there's no rage there's I'm, no nothing it's, it's everything's yeah. perfect yeah and um you know you, and then you get you slide into a really good groove and you look at the bass mm-hmm. player and a bass player grins at you and you grin and off you go man oh, yeah i can't beat it can't beat it but then man. you have those days where you sit down at the drums and i can't get a rhythm though i couldn't care hold a rhythm in a paper bag i would assume had mate. yeah i've, I've yeah, okay sorry <laughs> but you know i think there's uh there's a there's another lesson in entrepreneurship right there right? absolutely you, you God, find yeah. that groove man and you just rock it whether you're getting paid for it or not, make it happen. And there's mm-hmm. days where you're there's, like, man, I just can't make it work. Yeah, you just be like, you know what? It's it's time it's time to go to the house and do something else. <laughs> We're done with today. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Man, Tracy, it's been an absolute freaking pleasure, a blast, an honor. Last question, dude. Sure. For everybody that's interview, for, that's uh, listening to the interview, thank you again so much for doing it. Where can we find you online? Where can we follow you and where can we listen to your content? And more importantly, where can we buy your stuff? <laughs> the uh, the best place to go would be the website, which is darkhorseschooling.com. Mm-hmm. I keep that all up to date. Uh, getting ready to release the uh, the podcast guesting course. Okay. Uh, a great, as you know, it's a great marketing channel for, oh, yeah. for your business if you Pod, want to do if, that. Yeah, podcasting, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's magic. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can get your word out to a lot of folks. Um, so, yeah, there. And, you know, if you're on Facebook, I mean, all the socials are up, up there on the website if you want to follow me on any one of them. I'm mostly active on Facebook and Instagram okay. for the most part, but yep. uh, I'm around. Well, Check my, my man, we're going to add all those to the uh, the show notes from this. And if you get a chance or if you've liked what Tracy has had to say today, run on over to uh, darkhorseschooling.com. Check him out on Facebook. Uh, you can find his stuff over the there at the, uh, the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. And uh, as always, guys, if you have uh, gained any value at all from this and you've enjoyed the show and you've listened this far, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, uh, maybe screenshot it, share it out in your stories, and uh, just let everybody know what we got going on over here. Tracy, sir, it has been an absolute honor and a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. It's- it's been gold, Samuel. Hey, the only thing I would add before we before we bail out of here yeah. is if if they're going to uh, you know go to those reviews, maybe ask you a question, make some Ooh, suggestions. That's a because I'm willing idea. to bet you read every one of those reviews. I don't certainly you? do. I certainly do. There you do. go. So yeah. if you want to ask my man Sam a question, 
drop it in those reviews. Look at that. Steel sharpening steel. Tracy helping me out. I appreciate <laughs> you, sir. Thank you so much. And guys, thank you for tuning in. That was uh, Tracy Brinkman with DarkHorseSchooling.com and the host of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. We will see you guys uh, same time as always on Friday morning for this week's Friday Fire. You'll be good, be productive, get your head down and have a great week. I will see you all soon. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you made it this far, you clearly liked it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share it with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com. Oh yeah.